live streaming on the Sportsnet YouTube channel. Nick Kiprios, Justin Bourne, Derek Brandeo, Jennifer Rolnick, Sammy McKee. Show number 141. Whew, getting and towards the uh, the end of it here. Just two more games. <laughs> two more games, and we'll see tonight if the Leafs can clinch home ice advantage with a win or an overtime loss over the Detroit Red Wings as we close out yet again the longest regular season in NHL history. You ran a literal marathon, did you not? I ran the New York Marathon. Yeah. Is there a similar feeling from miles like 20 to 26 that there has been for the past few weeks here? Yes, there is. <laughs> Just keep moving forward? Uh, yes, keep moving forward, and I'll never forget... Uh, as I'm like dragging my tongue the last few miles and I look over and there's uh, a guy in a Batman suit dribbling two basketballs <laughs> passing me. And I'm like, if I had the strength right now, I would hoof your basketball right into Central Park because you're pissing me off. What was the longest you had run in the training to do the marathon? Two miles. No. Philadelphia Flyer training camp. So, like, you didn't train. Oh, no, I trained. But, I mean, prior to that, pr prior to training oh, for the New York okay. Marathon, yeah, I yeah. never ran much more than two miles. So what did you get up to, though, before 26-2? Did you do 15 miles one day, 20? Uh, I did 18. 18? 18 was so the most. Did you know you'd be able to complete it, though? Uh, no. Yeah. I did not know. And it was hell. Yeah. Run, running in general is the bottom oh. exercise. Just give me okay. a chance. Just give me a chance. I, listen, I it's the purest though. People love it, and like people, they're like obsessed. With, you know, like oh, you get that runner brain it or whatever. You get into a fog. It sucks. Meant. Terrible. It's terrible. Running. Sucks. It's not meant. It's not it meant for two hundred and five pound men. No. No, you, uh, okay. you and I are not built nimbly no. like the best runners it's, in the world. It's supposed to be for people that uh, could tread water in a test tube, you know? <laughs> <laughs> you know what? When I was in Alaska, we had a great track team, and they had a couple guys uh, from Kenya, where a great place to train, that were on the team, and yes. they would have the treadmills, because you're inside in Alaska in the winter, the treadmills just humming. And we would go into the gym, start our workouts, Work out for an hour, and the whole time these never get, these guys never breaks uh, broke stride, never sweat. Just well, it's not not our build, bud. All right, later on in the show, we got Luke Fox. He's going to help us tee up uh, any news, uh, vibe, buzz coming out of practice today. Luke will let us know. Jesse Granger, uh, Golden Knights coverage for the NHL Network uh, and the Athletic. He's going to help us uh, tee up the do or die game. For Vegas against Dallas. And then someone that we've been trying to get on the show for the last little while, Sammy, pulls off Keith Kachuk, former NHL player, 1,200 games. Finally wore him down. And the richest father in NHL history now. Do parents get a portion of contracts? <laughs> what did, what did <laughs> Keith made, I would imagine, Sammy. You, you're, you're great at figuring it all out within, yeah. like, Google. But I, <laughs> I, I got to think, like, 70 mil large. We'll have Easy. Sammy on that. Yeah. I'm looking right now. He and now he's got well. two boys who are making Estimate, collectively. Estimated career earnings, 81 schmill. 81 schmill. Yeah. And when it's all said and done, let's add another 200 mil for his boys. That's yeah. a good. 
NHL been Chuck, very, very Chuck. good to you. I, I, I heard I heard they're going to buy Twitter, the family now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome. He can almost uh, pull that off. How about the Raptors, boys? <laughs> How about the Raptors? Uh, you know what? I want to get into that uh, maybe just a little bit. Why don't we just do the, the cleanup here okay. uh, on, um, you know, what, what Sheldon Keefe has been saying uh, coming out of practice today. Uh, the lineup, we see a few changes. Yeah. And then I want to get into a little bit of the parallels between the Toronto Raptors and maybe the Leafs a little bit. Okay. Just in terms of managing expectations and truly where the... Maybe the the pressure points lie, JB. Yeah. It's a it's a different vibe for sure. Okay, um, why don't we start first? Why don't we start don't first on just sharing the lineup? Yeah. So to some things are obviously different. Should I just go through it? Here? Yeah, please do. So uh, Kerfoot joins the top line. So Matthews and Marner get Kerfoot on the left side. I don't know that we've seen him there at all this season. It's an interesting. Uh, change up nick robertson is uh, back with the toronto maple leafs on the second line with Tavares and mikhaev nylander camp engvall as a third line and then abrazizi blackwell spezza abrazizi you know i actually heard <laughs> gordon A-Z? miller say jc abrazizi the other day oh or something God. and i was like what a, i know I know. We're, we're, we're so close to the playoffs and now you're throwing me a curveball <laughs> on pronunciation abrazizi all right, um, and then Riley Labushkin, Muzzin is back and paired with Brody, Giordano, Lilligren. So no Justin Hall, Muzzin in. So no Clifford and Simmons. No Clifford, who, no Simmons, no Bunting, no Kasha, no Sandine. Nick Robertson, <laughs> you want to put him in a position to succeed. That's why you put him in a, a top six. Yeah. But I've seen Robertson alongside John, John Tavares, and I don't. It does not work for me. Robertson now, he's apparently, you know, he could be a different-looking player. He's been tearing it up in the American League. He has, I think, 18 points in his last 15 AHL games, playing very well by all accounts. You know, a young guy possibly is taking a stride, a little bit more ready this time around. Who knows? As we inch closer to game one of the Stanley Cup playoffs, and we're undecided, Sammy, whether that's going to be Monday or Tuesday, but uh, what's the feeling, Monday? Sources are indicating that it could be Monday, Wednesday, Friday, Sunday. Right out of the gates. So that's if they clinch home ice, and sources are indicating it could potentially be Tuesday if uh, if they don't clinch home ice. Oh, thank you to your sources. Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday. Monday. All right, if we go to uh, some uh, Kippers Clippers here, do we have Sheldon Keefe on uh, injuries or specifically uh, Clips? We have General Bevery, Bevy of Clips. What do you want? I want uh, <laughs> an update on uh, injured Leafs. We got one on Sandine. How's that sound? Sounds good. Okay. Rasmus is, uh, is a lot closer. I think we'll see Rasmus. Uh, he's got some, some appointments today uh, to get through, and if that goes well, I think you'll see him joining our team for practice, and then we'll take it from there. He hasn't had a full team practice yet. He's joined a couple of these morning skates and such, but we haven't practiced for quite a while now. So uh, we'll look to get him in a practice and then take it from there for him. All right, so Rasmus going to play on Friday. Which is great news because you may have to call upon him. I don't think he'll be in the lineup for game one. 
No, but, crazy because at times this year it was like this guy looked like their best defenseman and he's not going to be in. But presumably he's not. Now, uh, we do believe that uh, Bunting will not be available for the next two games. Yeah, what, have we, we heard anything on him? Kasha remains day-to-day. Good, pro- good progress on, on um, Bunting. Kasha, day-to-day, no really timetable for him. I'd, yes, and I, I think it was feared worse. Mm-hmm. And then a day later, I think the swelling went down on a, on a knee. Okay. And it's not as bad. Yeah. So I'm hearing that there is a possibility that everybody could be cleared and ready for game one. Yeesh. It's a lot of first games back, right? Everybody as in Bunting, Kasha, Sandine. Available. Cleared medically and available. yeah, yeah. We don't we don't know who he's going to decide on. Well, the, the first and, thing that has to happen is the cleared. And so. they could be there could be a, a precautionary. Let's leave Bunting out for game one. Mm-hmm. But I don't believe that's the case. I do. It is heading towards. If you want him, uh, he sh- he should be available. Six or seven days from now, Bunting could play in a hockey game. Well, that would be great. I mean, you see how quickly the depth falls off for this team. Uh, up front. I mean, tonight you have Abrazisi and Robertson are in the lineup because you're missing Bunting and Kasha. It's Those are significant changes to me in terms of the quality of player. So, okay, good news, though. Having people available is good. That's what you want. If you get on a roll, they'll get some experience. So Sheldon uh, today, you know, he, he has been a, a very honest guy, right? Uh, and sometimes it's it's got himself into him trouble. It, yeah. I was kind of surprised to hear him. And again, this is all led. Sheldon's just answering questions today. Yeah. Uh, but most of them were not on tonight's game or Friday's game, but an overall feel of going into the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Do we have that one, Derek? Let's listen to Sheldon Keefe talking about coaching in the playoffs. Coaching in the playoffs. Well, first, you say take the fans out of it, which is interesting because I've never coached a playoff game with fans in the building. You know, um, say, say, I'm talking about the NHL. Um, you know, say for, you know, we had, we had some, that, some that night in Montreal, I guess a few thousand or whatever it was. But, um, I mean, the competition is that much harder, of course, at this level. But the emotions um, and the swings in a series and all those things, the preparation... There's a lot of similarities. It's, it's funny. You forget, eh? Yeah, but I just, the way he said that night in Montreal was so telling to me. And that that is just burned into his brain. It's, that it, night it, in Montreal. It wasn't like he needed to specify no, which one. Game six, Montreal. <laughs> we were all, yeah, Dermot, spin a move, cock and yemi, top corner. But I can, it's just hilarious to hear that night in Montreal. It's almost like a song. <laughs> Um, you know, say for, you know, we had, we had some, yeah. that, some that night in Montreal, I guess. That night. I, I know this is, uh, you know, the leading the witness to the question. I, I would have avoided the whole conversation if I was Sheldon. I'm Just like, mentioned that you haven't done that we, before. We got two games to go here. I'm not talking about the playoffs just yeah. yet. But that's okay. Yeah. I mean, that's, yeah, yeah. that's who he is. He, he shoots from the hip. And I, I think it, he got burned on a couple of occasions. But overall, we know what. He's meant to Kipper's Clippers. I mean, he's he's led the show every yeah, every day for for the whole season. You know, there is an honesty to Sheldon, like he he 
containing that emotion when it comes for him is hard. And like in the high energy, high emotion games, he can be high energy and emotional. And I am curious to see, you know, in these, in a packed barn with huge stakes, you know, do we see the the more red-faced, intense version, or is he able to be the one who's like, we got this, right? Has, you want to see is, him composed. Is, is two empty building playoff scenarios enough now to draw experience from into going back to what we've traditionally known as a hostile environment? No, Columbus and the bubble and Montreal, Toronto and Montreal, 500 fans in Toronto. Yeah, it was, I think, a couple grand in a couple thousand in Montreal that night, yeah. but it's not a full bell center on a Saturday night or whatever, but yeah. No, different vibe. Can, God, yeah. those were tough days. Right, they, we're, we're gonna, we'll, we... we'll come back to that one. Let's uh, let's do some more cleanup here on, on today's uh, uh, press conference. Uh, Matthews, is is it is it five games without scoring a goal? Correct. What a loser. Yeah, what's going on? Oh, sorry. <laughs> Worst time. Yeah, this guy's awful. <laughs> Sammy, are you going to be crushed if he doesn't hit 60? Okay. I will be upset that he doesn't hit 60 because it's a big milestone. But I will also be very crushed if he doesn't hit 60 because it means he didn't score in seven straight games heading into the playoffs. That would be the more concerning side of it for me. This is a guy that... I don't know. If you're going to have a poorly timed, like, your random drought... Yeah. Take it now, right? Well, I guess there's that side of it, but there's also the side of it that, you know, the Leafs, their best player hasn't scored in five games, doesn't look like he's 100%, and the team that they're playing in the playoffs is shooting eight goals in the net every night. Uh, their, go- their, their goaltending looks great. Like, it's just, <laughs> playoffs are weird and stuff always flips, but the way things are trending at this very moment aren't the most encouraging thing. But I think for everybody's sake, for everybody's sort of mental well-being heading into the playoffs, I think you need to see Matthew shoot a couple in the net over these next two and just kind of get that mojo going. Get get, get Scotiabank Arena rocking again. Get them cheering for 60. Like, you need that mojo heading into the playoffs. And you're playing the crappy Red Wings with nothing to play tonight. And Dalkovich going, I think. I, I got a feeling it's got to happen tonight, no? Yeah. All right, let's see if uh, Sheldon feels the same way as you do. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's a guy that's used to scoring and uh, feels good when he's scoring. Um. Well, I looked. I looked back on the on the Florida game, his first game back, and look at some of those chances that he had, and and uh, that's what I look at. I don't know how many shots uh, he's put on the net since he's come back here, but it seems significant. So it's a matter of time. So uh, I imagine he'll be he'll be going tonight, you know, and we'll hope that one falls for him. But as long as his legs are moving and he's working on both sides of the puck and he's generating chances, I think that's all that he's looking for. And he has enough confidence in himself that, you know, goals will come as we've seen. That's a weird Sheldon Keefe thing, by the way. He refers to pucks going in as falling. Isn't that a basketball thing? <laughs> yeah, it's because he talks to his boy Nick Nurse all the time. I so. guess. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, I don't think I've ever really... Get one to fall. Hmm. And one to drop. You know, I, 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 like, I like get one to fall. <laughs> yeah. I like those crossboard things. All right. I, I am one of those guys that uh, watched him in the last few games. And, uh, I mean, he got huge accolades off of our broadcast team uh, on the weekend. But I I saw a little rust. I saw a timing issue. And maybe it was just his most recent injury and, and being maybe conscientious of it. But yep. whatever the case is, it wasn't really... Austin, we've seen all season long. I'm with Sheldon. I think with 60 on the horizon 
and a, and a Mitch Marner who's also very conscientious of a century mark that few in Leaf history have been able to reach. I I think it's just it's just uh, icing on the cake right now that uh, they'll put the cherry on top in two games. Let me love to tell the guys just no rules for you guys tonight. Go get a hundred points. Go get your sixty goals. Don't even worry about defense. They, Maybe they, not they, they are though. though. They're there. You think they're doing that? No, I I just think that right now that their game is to the point where Sheldon just like most coaches with their superstars. You are at the mercy of your superstars. Do your thing. They, they, they now get to kind of write their own rules, and if they bend the rules or if the rules come back and bite them in the ass, it's okay because yeah. we're, we're not going anywhere without you anyways. Right. So no, no, you're right. They're, 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 they're there. Yeah. All the greats have had it. Messier, uh, Gretzky, Lemieux, all of those, and, and now it's Marner and, and Matthews' team. No yeah. question about it. So maybe this is a good transition to ask you about pressure and how much pressure. I, I, we still have more clips. Do you want to talk about the no, pressure I, thing? Let, let's let's talk about it. Let's here. talk pressure. Oh no, okay. Before we do that, because this I think this clip will lead into that, right. and that is Keith uh, Sheldon Keith on how he's changed as a coach. Well, I think with every experience, you get you get better. I think uh, you know I know my team and my players that much better um going through every experience that you go through allows you to change course alter course but also push push buttons and push in, in certain ways and um players um, understand why you're doing it because of what you've been through and, and know where you're what you're focused on so i think those are the biggest things does is Everybody feeling the same growth as Sheldon? Ask me in two weeks. <laughs> it's, it's so funny. The playoffs are such a small sample, but we'll take such huge takeaways from them. Yeah, you have this massive regular season uh, sample size of the last two years where they've been really, really good. And then you look at the seven games last year, and you're going to look at these four games or five games or six games or seven games coming up here. If it's four, it's probably trouble. Yeah. But if you're looking <laughs> at these coming up, it's just like you're obviously going to draw all your takeaways from that. Okay. So earlier on in the show, we, we talked a little bit of Raptors. Is there parallels here in terms of the expectations or what was, what was going to, what would have been the vibe if in fact Shaquille O'Neal was correct and the Raptors were to be swept mm-hmm. and where, where are we now on the Raptors? And is it, is it going to be similar to the Toronto Maple Leafs? Nobody expects the Leafs to be swept by Tampa, but would Leaf Nation feel a lot better if they lost in six or seven? I, I don't know. I just feel, you know, the vibe right now for me on the Toronto Raptors is such a vibe of positivity. And they're down three to two in a, in a playoff series. I, I just... The Sixers are the Leafs in this scenario. Right. The pressure is on them. The, the Leafs are the Sixers in this scenario. And last year, the Habs are the Toronto Raptors in this scenario. With a team that's a, a plucky, a, sort of hardworking team with less talent, but, you know, maybe a little heart, I'm sorry, more heart. Are, are the Raptors the Boston Bruins? 
No, I don't know. Now, now, you're, now, you're, now you're breaking my brain. But I'm just thinking about last year. Yeah. The Leafs and the Sixers parallel is much better than the, the Leafs and Raptors parallel because there's, Leafs are a really talented top team. Raptors were too, but they weren't as high in the standings. I think the pressure side of it comes from just like, – I don't think there's any team that has as much pressure to win the Stanley Cup as the Leafs do to win one round of the Stanley Cup playoffs. Yeah, I think that's is that – Can you dispute that? No, I, I, it's totally fair, and I do feel like – you know, they haven't played a game yet, and it's squeaky bums all over town for the Toronto Maple Leafs. There's not yeah. excitement the same way there is the Raptors down 3-2. People are like, God, we're bumping fists coming out of studio yeah, with the but, Raptors but, but show. Like, We're also uh, talking about a team that should be done right now and went into Philadelphia with without Freddie, who's yeah. arguably their heart and soul, yep. and they still found a way to kick their ass and bring it home. Yep. Like, what would the equivalent be for the Leafs? They lost Freddie. Who do you lose? Marner? If you yeah. lost Marner, would would anybody expect you to still beat the Tampa Bay Lightning? But if let's say they fall down 3 nothing to Tampa. This happens. They go in without Marner, and they win game five in Tampa, and they're coming back to yeah. Toronto down 3-2. to two. Yeah. It's still like this. Oh, no, 100%. You know, there's still fear that, city. That's the problem with this, with what's happened in the last however many years where they've lost in the first round. I am, you know, diehard Leaf fan. I have so many people in my life. And Borny nailed it. No one's really excited. It's like I am pure dread for next week. <laughs> it's like just like a march. It's, it's a march towards <laughs> well, an anxiety-filled week. It is because you've watched a team make strides. There's growth in everybody in the lineup. And not only just with your superstars, where Matthews and Marner have taken it to another level, but how about the growth that you've seen out of Mikheyev yeah. and Engvall? And you're sitting there going, like, why aren't we facing, like, a, a 14th or 15th seeded team? Yeah. Why do we get the Stanley Cup champions who look that like... That is a big part of it. That's a huge part of You're it. You're right. If they were, if they were playing okay. whoever, Washington, to feel better. about how you feel about the Leafs, Sammy. This is about, oh my God, we're facing Stamkos, Point, Hedman, and the best goalie in the world in Vasilevsky. Like, but it's that's, also, en- that's enough to throw you off. But it's also how you feel about the Leafs. It's that too. It's that they haven't... You know, but the thing with, with teams that haven't broke through is that you don't until you do. And Tampa Bay was this team. Tampa Bay lost in four games after winning the President's Trophy. And the next year, Vasilevsky's a choker. The team's too concerned about flashy play and passing the puck around and all that. And then they get through. So it's not to say that you can't, but there is a feeling of dread and doom, I think, and pressure. That's what pressure feels like. So who has the most pressure on them? Is it people in the front office, people on the ice? Who do you see as facing the most pressure to have success in the playoffs. Yeah, for me that would be a a, a management thing. Yeah. And I'm I, I can't tell Kyle you specifically. I can't tell you definitively that I believe that if the Leafs do not advance that this would cost Sheldon or Kyle their jobs. I'm not there and I don't even think they're there. My first thought is that even if they do lose, that Brendan will want to protect Kyle and Sheldon. Think so. Yes. Unless they get swept. <laughs> no, unless 
the outside pressure, i.e. the fans, i.e. the media, it gets so overwhelming that he feels like he's going to have to. Yeah. Well, I, I think, too, Shanahan, and this speaks to your point, made his choice with Kyle over Lou, and that divided the fan base. Either way he did it, it was going to divide the fan base. And so there must be some loyalty to that decision, right? To see it through and have success with it and ultimately be vindicated. You're not guaranteed to be vindicated, but it does buy Kyle a little bit more grace. The easy answer here, boys, is Jack Campbell, if you're talking about players. Because not only pressure on the most important position, arguably, in playoff hockey, but the personal pressure of a contract. Like, you think about... And no what, backup, no, no safety no, no guy that they're going to throw in there. Like, even if he has a couple bad games in the first two games, they're not going game three, Shalgren. Like, he's the guy, right? You're so, right. the personal pressure of the lack of contract and heading in and basically having it all to play for, plus being the most important position on the most popular hockey team on earth in their biggest playoff series ever. Insane to Is have that this conversation pressure? and mention three names that aren't Marner and Matthews yeah, I, after last year. I I don't see I don't see uh overwhelming pressure on the players. Marner and Matthews, yeah. one goal in seven games against but, the but, Canadians. But, 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 but what does it mean ultimately? Like to eno- their enough legacy. Enough where you You, you erase, erase a 100-point season and a 60-goal season and they're crap and we got to get rid of them kind of pressure? No. No, but crap where we cannot bring back the same core. Yeah, but that, that isn't on them. That's but on it will be management. On sure, but it will fall on them if they get traded. If Mitch Marner's playing for Nashville next year, that probably would affect his day. Or he's the happiest guy in the world. Maybe he loves country music. He's just tired of getting blamed. <laughs> Maybe you're right. Right? Yeah. So I'm just saying that these guys have proven that they're great players. Yes. And you're right. Nothing should change between now and even a first round loss. They will stay great players. No doubt. And maybe a move to Nashville for Mitch will be welcomed (laughs) after six or seven years of feeling underappreciated or overshadowed or, you know, kicked in the teeth by by a, a fan base. Yep. Who, who from day one said I was overpaid, which he just shoved it right down their throats all season long. Maybe, maybe, but the success he has in this round could but, affect whether that happens or not. But the players ultimately can turn around and say, at the end of the day, you guys didn't build us a team that could play against Tampa Bay and be physical enough right. to withstand the pressure on on us. But my pushback here is like, if you're Austin Matthews, you're not competing against people saying that you're good. That's not the point. Or people saying that you're whatever. He's competing. His legacy is like Hall of Famer. You know, this is a guy who's trying to win cups to be considered among the best in the history of the game. If he goes out there and scores once in seven games in consecutive series as the guy who's leading the team, huge pressure. Talked about in a totally different way. But if he's able to do that at age 25, 26, or 27, no one's going to care that you failed at age 23 or 24. You've seen LeBron James do that. You've seen a lot of guys in their later years have the success that vindicates some early failures. And all that was was just a nice learning experience. Right. 
Yeah, and it, but eventually it's got to happen, and you only get so many kicks at the can. It's, it's a lot of pressure in this market, I think, to be the guy, the 60-goal scorer. Let's welcome in Luke Fox, Leaf writer for Sportsnet. Uh, Luke, uh, before we get into the nuts and bolts of uh, practice today, uh, I want to hear from you, man. Uh, who's got the most pressure, management or the, uh, the players on the ice starting game one? Management, um, but there's a heck of a lot of pressure on the players too. I mean, it goes all around. Jack Campbell, my goodness, he's under a lot of pressure. Uh, Mitch Marner, after the way last season's playoffs, although the way he's playing right now, he looks like he's ready to handle it. But if I have to choose between the two, I, I got to say management because Kyle Dubas basically has had chances to, to reimagine how this roster looks and he's doubled down and he's tripled down and he stayed with his core even when uh, the pandemic kind of threw his payroll out of whack and it made it more difficult uh, to pinch pennies on, on the fringes of the roster and basically eliminate a pretty nice middle class of forwards. Like you think of the guys that he's um, decided to part with in Connor Brown and Kasperi Kapanen and Johnson and continually had to kind of, you know, tighten the wallet and dig and find, take flyers on guys like Andre Kasha, who, who knows if he's going to be ready, um, you know, have a nice find like Michael Bunting. And all these moves are because he's stuck um, steadfast to that core. And if it doesn't work again, like we're talking about another first round exit and that's no easy opponent. Um, I think the pressure comes right from the top this time. Yeah. You know, the, the players on the ice are in an interesting spot. Uh, it seems like there's been a bunch of injuries, bunch of people trying to get back and healthy and in time. Jake Muzzin, one of those guys going to make a return. Who do you expect to see before the end of the season? I know, as we mentioned, Muzz getting in. Is Sandine going to play? Kasha, Bunting? What are your expectations? I'd be shocked with, with Kasha just because they're being so cautious with him and he's hardly practiced with the team at all. Um, they are really kind of using kid gloves around him. A valuable player, though. It would be, and his... his fearlessness and the, and the stuff he does on the ice, I think would lend well to the, to the postseason. Uh, Rasmus Sandin, I would expect him to play uh, in that finale Friday against the Boston Bruins. I think maybe he'd even be ready for tonight. It's just the fact that team was traveling and he wasn't traveling and they've hardly got any um, full practices. He's just participated in a couple morning skates. So I think with a, a few days off between the Detroit and Boston game, they'll get him in some practices and I would expect him to, to get in that game, which will be an important game because he's been so off for so long with that knee injury. Um, and for a young guy, like, to get up to speed, uh, I think getting in that, that game, even though hopefully that, that'll be essentially a meaningless game, I think it'll be meaningful to him to, to get a, a re, re accustomed to the NHL pace. Um, and, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know who, who else we're talking. Bunting isn't playing. Uh, this week, um, but it, from what it sounded like from when he suffered the the leg injury there, um, it sounds positive. You know, the fact that uh, they're not talking about he's out for a long time. Usually when Sheldon Keefe says that a guy's going to miss some time, it's been like four weeks, six weeks. So he could be available for round one, which is a huge bonus uh, for the Leafs. Um, Jake Muzzin is a really interesting case. He's playing tonight, but 
I found it kind of curious that he went on that three-game road trip and didn't play a single game. And there's, there seems to be something off with him. Um, and it's kind of been that way all season. But the fact that this is a, a new injury, they don't want to talk, tell us what it is, but it's not concussion-related. Um, you know, you, you, the mind wanders uh, what it could be because he plays such a hard game. And seeing him pull up lame in the Montreal series with the groin, you wonder if, if it's a wear and tear injury and, and that wouldn't be good for him. Uh, so hopefully they get things sorted as best they can for, cause the playoffs could start uh, in six days here. It could start Monday. I'll throw this out to anybody that wants to take it, uh, get your thoughts as well, Luke, just in terms of uh, Muzzin coming back and how desperate would they be to get Muzzin in the lineup at, at, at what percentage would you take Muzzin at at 70, 60, question. or are you, no, we're at the point now where if he's not 100% or 90 and looking normal, then we don't want him in the lineup and, and go back and, and, and pull a, a sanding, uh, get him back in the mix. Yeah, well, they have they have more luxury, I think, now to to make sure he's closer to, 80 90 percent that they had ever in the past i think in past seasons they would have to play him at 50 percent but uh they have that luxury now because they went out and got mark giordano who's you know really helped out so i think it's afforded them a little bit more of a luxury but if jake muzzin comes to you and says i want to play and the medical staffs they ask the medical staff is he okay to play and they say yes he's going in like i you know the Sheldon Keefe has said there's there's four guys that we're not taking out if they're ready to go, and that's Riley, Brody, uh, Muzzin, and Giordano. And then it's you know if, if everyone's healthy, you got to fight for those other two spots. Yeah, that's going to be a fascinating storyline to watch because if with Muzzin in, there's some real decisions to make between Lilligren and Labushkin. Um, Hall's and, not in tonight. Hall's not in Who, tonight. Who's got the upper hand, there Lilligren or Hall? J- no, no, no. I want to know from from Luke too. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> Oh, I, I'd I'd say Hall, but um, right now, just because he does some things, like he's really important to the penalty kill, but Lilligren's come on strong, and the chemistry that, that Lilligren has with Giordano is really quite something. Like that Washington game, uh, they tried uh, Giordano with Brody, who he's, he's, you know, has uh, the familiarity with from Calgary, but Giordano said that they were rusty together because he, he, he had gotten used to targeting Lilligren's right shot and Brody's a left shot so uh, they haven't had that many reps together those guys recently and Lilligren and and Gio had some some quick chemistry I I think the edge goes to Hall but what what you might find is it depends on how game one goes like that that's the luxury they have now is they might need to adjust on the fly like just because the the six you see in game one might not be the six you see in game two the um, the rest of this group here like looking at the lineup uh, are, is there any chance we see like a super line like Nylander, Matthews, and Marner? Um, they've used them a little bit more in the in the recent going here. Do you get the sense that the coaching staff likes that group? I mean, obviously they I, like it. I guess how it affects the rest of the group, I should say. Yeah, I, I would say they they don't prefer it. Yeah. Um, but but if they're trailing or you know when you guys watch the games, like sometimes if it's the it's right before a buzzer or coming right out of a TV timeout or right after they've killed a penalty. They, they do that um, as kind of like a little bump up shift and have a, a little power line for quick spurts. And that's also a way to kind of get 
a few more minutes out of Nylander, especially if he's playing on that third line, which he has been for a while now. But ultimately, you want to spread it out a little bit more, especially if going against Tampa, right, that, that are going to come at you in waves. You, if you put them all on one line, that just gives them uh, their top pairing, which is, you know, just deadly. You know, you want Hedman going, always going against your your best guys. No, I, I think you want to spread it out a little bit more, but be selective and choose, pick your spots where you, you promote William Nylander up there and, and give him a look. You think Matthew Nyes is watching tonight? <laughs> Nick Robertson going, look at that guy playing in my spot. <laughs> yeah, or... or or Nick uh, or Abrazizi getting the top line call at the beginning of the Washington game. It's like, yeah, that could, that could have been him. Uh, good on Robertson. Uh, you know, the fact that he's getting another crack here. I, on, to be honest, Nick, like I came away with that little look he had before the trade deadline, um, thinking that he needed more time to, to groom, um, you know, he, heck of a player, heck of a shot. Uh, I think he's going to turn into something, and I think people need to realize that uh, his brother didn't peak till a few years from where Nick is now. So, be a little bit more patient with this guy. Hopefully, he can grow a little bit, bulk up a little bit. Uh, but since he's got a few more weeks here with the Marlies, he's over a point a game. He's pumping in goals. They have him trying him on the penalty kill, like trying to try to push him into more of a, a two-way forward because coming out of the OHL, he was just this power play monster, right? And and they're pretty good on, on the power play. They're kind of set there. So they want to round out his game a little bit more. Great opportunity for the kid, though, in, in these two games. And, and let's see. Um, but, yeah, that's a that's a heck of a choice by Matt yeah. Nice uh, to not jump on a, a Stanley Cup, you know, uh, dreaming team and, and, and stay in school. Last personnel question for me is just, does Peter Mrazek still exist? <laughs> you know what? We, Robot I Island? Was <laughs> I was wondering about that. He had not been seen by uh, any reporters, but uh, Sheldon Keefe revealed this morning that he's had four or five days here on the ice uh, mm-hmm. at the training facility. So while the team was traveling, he was he was working out. So uh, Are you sure that something. wasn't a clip from Sheldon in <laughs> November or January? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I'm I'm skeptical. Like three groin injuries in one year, like, and, and the way Shogren played in in Washington, like, hey, I I don't know if you rush this guy back. I don't know if we see him again. But it is it is good that he, at least he's back on the ice. All right, Luke. Enjoy the rest of the uh, night and uh, and the game. Thanks for joining us, Luke Fox. Okay. Thanks for having me on. Take Thanks, care, buddy. guys. <laughs> There's no question if. Matthew Knives would have signed. Yeah. He would have been starting tonight with Matthews and Marner. Yeah. Right? And and not to beat it, but I'll do it, that if you it's want. Just, it's just, it speaks, and not just to the Leafs, but I think we can do this for any lineup, is depth is a hard thing now to win championships with. You are at the mercy of what you basically see on paper. And if a few guys go down, i.e. bunting and, and muzzin, man, that changes the whole dynamic. Mm-hmm. If if war of attrition here, who could stay healthy, who can live through uh, and play hard and be successful at 60 or 70 percent, who bails at 60 or 70 percent? This is... This is as much about winning a Stanley Cup as anything, including your talent level. 
You know, I really thought one of the most wonderful things about the Toronto Raptors turning this thing around is Scotty Barnes coming back on a bad ankle down three nothing. You know, we it is ju- unbelievable. And, but you know, Bobby Bond broken leg <laughs> back. But down three nothing, it's easy to be like, you know what? Why am I going to risk it for this game? We're going to get swept. I have the whole summer to recoup. Why make it worse? And he tries to come back and play. And not to be that guy here, but Ben Simmons didn't exactly do that. No. I don't want to get into the yeah. whole thing, yeah. but he didn't do it for his team down 3 nothing. Scotty Barnes did. My question then, Kipper, is like, you know, did you did you miss many games? Pete, you can play through stuff, right? Like, there's a, a real thing, and I think it's, it's going to be interesting for this Leafs team is, you know, is Bunting going to be able to do it, and should he come back? You know, trying to do that calculation. Is 62% good enough to play? 71? Yeah. Like I didn't Leafs, miss a game for 10 years. The Leafs have been good, and they've they've battled, and they've got points on the road, but a healthy Kasha would just take them to another level in the totally playoffs. Totally changes things. It is a layer of depth. Yeah, depth. That Their it, PK misses have, him, too. They need him yeah. in a perfect world. And it just... Look at his history. Look at what he's gone through. Look what he's going through you, now. You can't ask him How to can play. you ask him to play every other night? How can you ask him to play? Period. Or play it all. And against a rugged team oh. that, like, he hasn't played and they're red hot. And it's just a... Like, talk about you'd be watching him like this. Every I shift mean, you'd be terrified. So, But you want him out there. And I'm sure he wants to be out but, there and show he can play. It's just... Even you know, if, we, if we look back at the Raptors, like... I'm not, I don't follow them, you know, religiously, but did I learn a little bit about a basketball player last night named Precious? Yeah, you did. Okay. Yeah, man, what a- I didn't know, yeah. I didn't know Precious before. I'm like, okay, how, how did we treat um, uh, Joel uh, after game three? Oh, like he's a king. Unbeatable. Yeah. yeah. Can't be stopped. Mm-hmm. This guy's killing us. And now? Yeah, Precious took it to him. Do you, guys, do you guys want to know Precious's uh, siblings' names? Very much so. Okay. God's gift, Achua. Promise, Achua. Grace, Achua. God's will, Achua. And peace, Achua. Do, 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 do you tell people your name is God for short? What do you... <laughs> Those are pretty cool. Yeah. Oh, my God. Imagine walking over, like, hey, what's Hello, your name? I'm, I'm God's, God's gift. gift. I'm God's gift. <laughs> yeah, formally, it's Mr. Gift. Um <laughs> <laughs> Incredible. Just want to make sure I got that in there. And he, like, I, I swear to God, the Raptors could, could de- develop me into Kevin Love. Like, this guy couldn't catch a ball before he got here. And then he he's taken yeah, Joel he Embiid into the post. He's handling the ball. Anyways, yeah, uh, yeah I, I agree with you about the, about the injury stuff. Because at what point are you at that you're willing to push through it and you're going to be contributing positively to your team? And, and it's a hard. making that. It's a hard balance. It really is. Equation, yeah. And you hope that uh, there's going to be a real un- unsung hero because there always is. And, and, and oh, that's Precious good... last night could could be the, the guy that we talk about in a historic fashion coming back from a 3-0 deficit for the Raptors. And you hope that there's someone on the Leaf roster. And hey, listen, Kemp, Engvall, one know, of those guys. I, who know, it, it could be Nick Robertson. Just score a couple of goals could be. because you're pressed in, because you're forced to use him. And the next thing you know, he's he's, he's, got, a, he's, got, he's got a moment he with, gets it, a with his shot, and he gets a look. Ping. And it's like, okay, the guy that you completely wrote off that said wasn't ready, all of a sudden has two goals, and he's... That's the difference. Yeah. 
flying high. Yep. Right? Interesting time to give him a look. Couple of games here just just, just to see. Hey, listen, you're you're rolling the dice, but yeah. every every team is this time of year. You're right. All right, let's take a quick break here. Uh, when we come back, uh, Jesse Granger, he's going to talk a little Golden Knights. Uh, let's see if uh, the Knights are still considered uh, God's gift to hockey. What do you think? They are not. <laughs> <laughs> Real Kipper and Born right back after these messages. We're on. We're on. Come on, Sammy. <laughs> First time we've had five-minute breaks this year. Sorry, I got to remind you. <laughs> All right, let's welcome in Jesse Granger, uh, Golden Knights coverage for the Athletic, NHL Network, Vegas correspondent. Uh, Jesse, thanks for joining us. And if I would have asked you at the beginning of the year, give me odds, Jesse, of the Golden Knights being in a predicament where they needed the last game or two to make the playoffs. Yeah, it would not have been very high. <laughs> this team not only have they not only have they made the playoffs four years in a row, but they've coasted into the playoffs all four of those seasons. They this I was kind of saying over the last couple of weeks, it was fun to cover a push for the playoffs because for the last four years, the last month of the season has basically been meaningless. Um, they've been kind of just meaningless games. They're at the top of the division. They're well inside the playoff picture. We're just waiting for the playoffs to start. So. Uh, yeah, this season has been full of uh, new experiences for this team. Yeah, it's been new experiences, and it's been new as a you know hockey fan following along with Vegas. It, the soap opera has been real this year. Um, what's the update on Robin Leonard? Sounds like he's out for the season. How did we get here? Yeah, so he is out for the season. Um, he He's set to undergo shoulder surgery. Um, I'm not sure when that surgery will happen, but he's not with the team in Dallas. Um, he, he won't be at these last three games. So he, he's definitely shut down for the year. It's been an interesting weekend, uh, I guess, last four or five days. He, Robin Leonard was playing with two very serious injuries, the shoulder injury and a serious leg injury as well. And um, he had been playing on those for quite a while. And to be honest with you, just watching him on the ice, he didn't look even remotely close to the goalie that um, I know he can be and the goalie that he was when he first came to Vegas. He just wasn't moving, especially when he was down in the butterfly. He just did not have any movement down there. And a guy that made his career playing angles, being in the right spot, being a blocking goalie that takes away the net and lets the puck hit him in the chest, and all of a sudden he's reaching for everything. It was pretty clear that he wasn't healthy. Um, Pete DeBoer laid the blame at his feet on the, in the loss to New Jersey uh, last week and then played him against Washington and then pulled him after the first period and told everyone he was healthy. And I think Robin was trying to play through those injuries. It, it wasn't working. He wasn't playing at his best. And when you're not playing at your best and your coach is kind of laying the blame on you and telling everyone you're healthy, it's easy to see how you can get frustrated. So after trying to play through those injuries, Robin finally decided the best thing was just to shut it down and get the surgery that he's needed for a while. Um, part of the drama of this week was the Golden Knights kind of denied that initially, and it was because they needed him to back up Logan Thompson in the game on uh, Sunday against the Sharks. As to why, I'm still nailing that down. I was pers- I was kind of hoping to have it nailed down before I came on with you guys, but 
Um, I do have a story coming out here, hopefully in the next couple hours, that will explain it a little deeper. But it is it is believed to be salary cap yes. related, which is not surprising considering all the gymnastics the Golden Knights have gone through this season. So we are down to a hockey club asking a player who is unhealthy or injured to still play. Is this where... Uh, the split is between Robin and management. Is that, is that basically what we're looking at is a team asking a player hurt to, to continue to play and a player saying no. Um, I think it's, to be honest, I think it's more complex than that. I think there's some intricacies there because um, it wasn't long ago in March that Frank Saravalli reported that, that Robin Leonard had a broken kneecap and Leonard's, sought me out in the press box. He came and found me and told me, and then like he, 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 he did some lunges and showed me, he said, look, I don't have a broken kneecap. I'm not <laughs> done for the year. I am going to play. I know it's <laughs> he, Leonard, Leonard made it known that he wanted it to be known. He wasn't out for the season. So this isn't a player who suffered an injury and said, man, I don't know if I can go. And the team told him, no, we need you. You, you have to play. Robin has wanted to play through these injuries. And In terms of the game the other night where he backed up, um, I do think it's a messy situation, a guy who who decides he wants surgery and the team says, no, we need you to back up one more game. But at the same time, I do think it's important to note that, like, Leonard had played nine games with this injury, and and he had played a game just earlier that week with this injury. So it's not as if the team was asking him to – like, it wasn't a fresh injury, and the team said, look, I know you're hurt. You can't go out there. We're going to need you to back up this game. If Leonard needed to go in that game, he could have. He had been playing on this same injury with the same severity for for quite a while so yes it's messy but i also think there is there's some intricacies to this it's not quite black and white well the new injury seems to be the emotional one that came from a his coach saying he's healthy when he's not which kind of exposes him and then pulling him after giving up just one goal are could those guys both be back together next year is the relationship between DeBoer and leonard salvageable I, I don't know. Um, as of right now, it doesn't seem that way. It's they're they're clearly at odds. Um, Pete was asked this morning about Leonard. After, this is the first time this morning in Dallas. Uh, it was the first time Pete has spoken since they, the team announced Leonard would have the surgery. And Pete said um, the, the the statement speaks for itself. I'm worried about the 20 guys who are here battling with me, which is oh. not what you would expect from a coach at all. You'd expect him to say. We're hoping Leonard's surgery goes well. We're, he's going to be a big part of this team moving forward, something like that. So, and and I kind of contrasted it with. So, Mark, I, I, I use Mark Stone as the, as another example because Mark Stone is another like Robin Leonard, very talented player who is clearly playing through injuries and is not playing well. Mark Stone, since returning, has zero points in six games, and and that's obviously very unlike him. Mm. It's pretty easy to see why. When, when Pete was asked about Mark Stone the other day, he said, you know what? There's not much not to like. He's our captain. He's playing through. He, uh, we know it's tough to jump back from injury this time of year where everyone's at game speed. That's the way a coach normally answers a question like that. Meanwhile, when he's asked about Robin Leonard, he says he's healthy, he's fresh, he's, he's got full of energy. I, I, don't, I really don't understand what Pete DeBoer has to gain to, to say that Robin Leonard is healthy while watching his starting goalie struggle, and it's clearly because of injuries, I personally don't know. Now, can it be salvaged? 
this is hockey. There's disagreements all the time. You guys, I mean, every, it, it happens on every team. They, could, could they salvage it? Absolutely. Right now, it doesn't seem likely. Does that not really fall on how their owner, Wild Bill Foley, takes all of this in? When you think about this hockey club from day one, their their first season should have been this season, and and uh, and it should have been the other way around. Benjamin Button not, franchise not, going not, backwards. Now now it's a tremendous disappointment for him who had Stanley Cup aspirations. Can everybody just fall under the? We battled the injuries. Look at uh, our men down here, and we'll be better for it next season. Could that just be easily done and said, or or somebody's gonna somebody's job is on the line here? Yeah, it's it's tough to answer because of like you said, it's if if the Golden Knights had 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 this season and missed the playoffs, which it looks like in all likelihood, 95% chance, I think right now is, is what the athletic has it at, that they're going to miss the playoffs. If that had happened with no injuries, um, it's, it'd be pretty clear that there's going to be uh, jobs on the line. The fact that there were so many injuries and you can't really tell how, like how much of this season's failures are because of the injuries, how much of it is because the team didn't play well, even when they have been healthy here down the stretch, healthier, I guess they still have quite a few guys out. But the, the other thing is this team has a, a, a salary cap a a salary hit of 92 million dollars that's more than 10 million over the 81 and a half million ceiling so we don't even know what this team would look like if they were fully healthy because they'd have to get rid of quite a few of these players or one or one big player so it's hard to say well if the golden knights were healthy they would have they would have made the playoffs they would have been great we don't even know what that team looks like and we don't know what that team's going to look like next year because clearly you're not going to enter next year with 92 million. So you've you've got to do some movement this summer, which they've had to do the last couple off seasons. So it's it's going to be interesting. I, what I do know is Bill Foley is very aggressive as an owner. He he is not. I would not describe him as patient. He wants to win and he wants to win now. And. I think if you look at the firing of Gerard Gallant, if you look at some of the moves they've made over the last couple of years, it shows you that they will not sit on their hands and just hope that the team gets better. They they have made big moves every offseason. So if this team doesn't make the playoffs, uh, my gut tells me there will be a move of some kind. It's up to Bill Foley to determine is the front office more to blame here? Is it Pete DeBoer? Is it just the players not showing up? It's, it's, it's going to be a tough decision for Bill, but I do think that if this team missed the playoffs, uh, the most likely outcome is there is some kind of move made by Foley. Has Jack Eichel lived up to expectations? You know what? It's, it's tough to I, – I have a hard time crushing Jack Eichel right yeah. now. He, he wasn't very good against San Jose. Um, I, like he, he was out pretty much every time he was on the ice, the Golden Knights were stuck in their own zone. Um, his, his underlying metrics in that game were awful, like unbelievably awful. Like I had to double-check to make sure that number was actually right. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, he leads the Golden Knights in goals since he was activated. And this is a guy who's coming off of an 11-month absence, coming off of a neck surgery, and – just that on its own is, is hard to come back from. Plus, you had the fact that for the first time in his life, he's playing on a different team in a different organization. Um, I watched Alex Petrangelo, a veteran who knows this league and has won in this league. I watched him come to Vegas, and he struggled 
to integrate into this system. Though his first regular season in Vegas, Golden Knights fans were worried about that contract. It took him some time to adjust. Then the playoffs rolled around. He looked great. He was the best player on the ice in that series against Colorado. Max Pacioretty had a similar kind of timeline when he came to Vegas. He struggled right off the bat. I do think there these players need an adjustment period. So Eichel's going through that adjustment, plus he's coming off surgery, plus he hadn't played in 11 months, and he still leads the team in goals. So I don't think Eichel's been the superstar that the Golden Knights hoped they were getting, but I also think expecting that right away is is not really fair. It's also, you have to take into account, he's played with a million different players in the small time he's been here because they're constantly going in and out of the lineup and rotating lines. So, um, no, Eichel hasn't been as good as you'd want him to be, but I think there are plenty of reasons, and I think you, you, you take what you get and then you say, okay, with a full off season with hopefully a healthy Mark Stone and Max Pacioretty. Next year is the year that he absolutely needs to be the superstar that they hoped. Uh, and, and if not, then you can start questioning him, in my opinion. We're joined with Jesse Granger, uh, Golden Knights coverage for The Athletic. Uh, I'm with you, Jesse. Time is on Eichel's side. Uh, but when it's all said and done here, injuries aside, uh, cap implications aside, if I go full circle here on, on the goaltending, will this come back and rear its ugly head on the debate of choosing Robin Leonard over Marc-Andre Fleury if the Minnesota Wild go on and Fleury's a part of that? I mean, what does that yeah, do for the fan yeah. base uh, when they revisit this? Well, yeah, I mean, I would say they'll be more upset, but I don't know if they can be more upset than they already are. <laughs> <laughs> They're already there. Yeah. Um, I, I think it's I've, – I've kind of been saying this from day one, from the moment they traded for Robin Leonard. Um, it seems like this the, – the way they've handled the goaltending has been a mistake. Um, it seems I, – I can't go any other way than th- – this has been a mistake. I think – the, the thought of trading for Robin Leonard from Chicago, I think it made a lot of sense. It's a goalie who has shown really good numbers. He's been consistent. He's not getting a chance because maybe some GMs are worried about some other issues, and you can get him for less than market value. You can get him at a decent contract. I think there were a lot of teams out there that probably should have taken a chance on Robin Leonard. Just not the team with Marc-Andre Fleury. Um, the Golden Knights weren't in a position where they were searching for a goalie and they couldn't find one. They had the guy, the franchise, the face of the franchise, the, the anchor of the locker room, the best teammate in the NHL. They had him. And it just seemed like this team should not have been the one to take a chance on Robin Leonard. I think Robin Leonard is a great starting goalie. I just don't know if he's as good as Marc-Andre Fleury. And it's kind of bared out that way. So tonight uh, into you know, sorry, Vegas gets Dallas, huge game, obviously season on the line. Um, how do things stack up for this Golden Knights team? You like their chances of getting by and giving themselves a chance? Man, it's, it's tough to tell. They've been so up and down lately. They just have had no consistency. They've had games where they looked great. They, they smoked Calgary up in Alberta, something that they've struggled to do just not that long ago. They beat a really good Florida Panthers team, but they've also lost to New Jersey and San Jose in the last week. So um, this team is very inconsistent. I think the first goal matters for the Golden Knights. I mean, the first goal is important in hockey every game, but I think for the Golden Knights, it matters even more. This team really struggles when they're playing from behind. The other team can sit back, not make mistakes, build a shell around their, their net. The Golden Knights really need turnovers and transition chances to score. And 
if they can get that first goal and they can make Dallas actually push for offense, I think the Golden Knights have a good chance of winning this game. If they let Dallas get an early lead and they let the Stars sit back and play solid defense and play safe and just chip the puck out of the zone, they're going to be in trouble. All right, give us a score tonight, Jesse. <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll go 3-2 Vegas, just All guessing. Right. <laughs> Love it. And, uh, so uh, Vegas' last game is against? They, they have a back-to-back after this with Chicago and St. Louis. Oh, boy. Still a lot of a, a big win. A big win tonight <laughs> will leave a lot of meat still on the bone. Yes, it will. Well, we look forward to... Uh, results as early as tonight uh, to see if they can keep their season alive jesse really appreciate your time thanks for doing this awesome thanks for having me guys thanks jesse jesse granger the athletic covers the vegas golden knights what a squad to cover he was great are they not still like and they're not back-to-back defending stanley cup champions but you, you, the, the lineup still scares you. How can it not? Well, I know. There's there's still a world here where this team, they beat Dallas tonight. They get a lucky break on the way in. Oh, that goaltending. And this Thompson's been good. Logan Thompson's been good. 14-9. and nine. Mm. Never know. I mean, who they're looking to draw Colorado nine, nine, at that 17. point. 9-17 save percentage. He's been good for them. Go if it's Colorado. Camper yeah. poops his pants. Never know. Yeah, maybe. I, I <laughs> love that story. I love that story about Lanner. I mean, in it's... the press box. Yeah, Lanner goes up there and goes, look at my knee. Lunges. Look at my knee. I'm good. I can do lunges. Hey, uh, I'll jog two miles look, if I have to prove anything to you. Let's look at, go. Look what I can do. <laughs> All right, Stuart. I know it's a, it's a weird. There, move. there are some guys out there. Uh, they know exactly what's being said. What and some guys don't give a crap, and others will be like, no, I'm I'm calling. I'm calling everybody I know to tell them that this isn't true. Well, it's like Kevin Durant can't help himself in the NBA. He's all over, like, he's tweeting stuff about Charles Barkley today, right? Like, as Barkley criticized him, I don't even really know the details. He called him a ring chaser. Yeah. So, you know, there's those guys. And I write, I've been writing in hockey media for, I don't know, 12 years now. Sometimes I'll write about someone and I'll get a DM from that person who doesn't appreciate it. It. Some guys read this stuff. Some guys don't at all. Some guys could care less what's being said about them. But there's guys who follow every little word. Oh, my God. I've, I've never really had true confrontations over my broadcasting That's career. incredible because you, you, was, you are um, there was one, abrasive at times. There was one year where uh, <laughs> this, is, this is like just a few years after we won the Stanley Cup. And, yeah. and Wayne Gretzky announced his retirement in 1999. And I made a couple of comments that uh, Neil Smith didn't do enough to uh, to help him out, mm-hmm. and he's packing it in because basically Neil didn't go make some trades that uh, could get him excited. And Neil Smith called me at home, <laughs> and we just had our firstborn, and like my mother-in-law's there, yeah. up from Florida, holding the baby. And I get into the biggest argument with Neil Smith, <laughs> and he like f bombs are flying now. Couple, couple mfers flying. And around. I look over my shoulder and I see my my mother in law, and she's like, "Oh, her first my grandchild's gonna be raised God. by this monster." <laughs> <laughs> but like, it was important that you know Neil 
and we've had a history. I mean, we we won a cup together, and it's like, oh my god, yeah. We if I could go back and take a few things, uh, you that regret I, I that you say. were as no, yeah, no, no, no. no. I'm a hundred. No, I'm just saying the way I handled it <laughs> yeah. at the time. But you, you, you want to hold your ground, and yet you know still respect someone's wishes to express yeah. themselves. But it got really ugly fast. Yeah, but. Th- some are very, and Neil's a sensitive guy. Like, yeah. you know, he still is today, you know. Love him. We have a great relationship. We kind of chuckle a little bit about that story. That's good. Uh, but uh, it's just highly competitive guys under, at times, it could feel very stressful. Yeah. And Robin, especially with, uh, you know, his his battles off the ice, right? Yeah, uh, for so sure. all I, of it comes into play. I also say, I always say to anyone who would question something that I would write or say or whatever, is that... We're flying blind here in the media. Like, you know, by and large, we have our people that we talk to here and there. But for the most part, we don't have access to all the information. So correct me if I'm wrong. I'm happy to come back the next day and say, you know, hey, I got this wrong or whatever. You know, just don't get much wrong, Kipper. That's all. No, no. Well, you're never wrong. No, right. Not on this show, no, anyways. Never, no, leave never, that to never. me. Sammy and I. <laughs> leave that to sure. me. Yeah. Okay, we're going to take another break. Uh, we're not giving away... Stanley Cup playoff tickets yet for the Toronto Maple Leafs, but we will be right, Sammy. Yeah, um, we're giving a chance. Uh, sorry, we're giving you a chance to win Maple Leafs home playoff tickets on Real Kipper and Born, which is very exciting. I don't know if you've you've heard this or not, but the Leafs tickets are kind of expensive. And uh, how about playoff first game? playoff tickets yeah. against Tampa Bay? Uh, this this Friday, be sure to be listening as we're giving away two pairs of tickets to the first two the first Leafs playoffs games. Two of them. All you got to do is be listening for the Leafs trivia question on the radio or on the Real Kipper and Born podcast, and then text the correct answer to 590-590. And two lucky winners will be chosen to head down to Scotiabank Arena and cheer on our Leafs. Hold on. Two lucky winners? Mm-hmm. Like two Win- sets of tickets? Yes. Winners will be contacted by Friday evening. We'll have more playoff tickets for you next week as well. Wow. All the details, head to sportsnet.ca slash 590. So, yeah, we're a pair of tickets to the Leafs' first two playoff games. Wow. Yowza. That's kind of cool. That's a big deal, In the meantime, can you, can you work on uh, Raptor Game 6 tickets for us? I would love to go tomorrow night. Holy crap. Is that building going to be hot or what? Electric. Jurassic Park was wild last night. Yeah, it's pretty and, cool. Yeah. It's pretty cool. And only growing here. Okay, we're going to take a quick break after uh, when we return. Keith Walt Kachuk. The richest NHL dad in history <laughs> will be joining us after the not break. Not my dad. <laughs> Definitely. You know how many souflakis my dad would have to so- sell to equal those career earnings yeah, between lot. the three of a them? Lot. I'd buy a couple, but I don't think I'd get them over the line. With extra tzatziki. Okay, more real kipper and born after the break.